Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this sermon is from the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, which were read to you earlier in this service. As people prepared for Halloween, dressing their children as witches and goblins and zombies and devils, my mind couldn't help but think about possession. And I can't help but think about possession as I look out over this congregation, those of you who are assembled before me. I mean, you might even look around at those who are around you thinking that a few people are possessed. And you would be correct. Because you see, as I survey this assembly of believers, I think of possession. I wonder, are we bedeviled by the ghoulish spirit of materialism? Are we spellbound by the mesmerizing effects of easy living? Are the spirits of this age filling our bags, so to speak, with temporal goodies that have no spiritual nourishment or eternal value? Or are we possessed by a different spirit, a blessed possession? It's tempting to get caught up with the sweets of this world, to be entranced by worldly ways, to be enchanted with the love of money and the toys that money can buy. Alexander Pope writes, Satan now is wiser than of yore and tempts by making rich, not by making poor. Hayden Robinson observes, for every verse in the Bible that tells us of the benefits of wealth, there are ten that tell us of the danger of wealth. We would do well to heed Jesus' warning when he says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for a person's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions. The observance of All Saints Day provides us with an opportunity, an opportunity to refocus our eyes on our blessed possession, the blessed possession Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes of Matthew 5. And in the remaining minutes of this message, I plan to highlight a few of these Beatitudes as we celebrate our blessed possession. Jesus begins his sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, with the word blessed. This one word encapsulates the entire implications of God's undeserved favor for you and for me and for all the world. It speaks of a blessed possession when our Father chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. It speaks of a blessed possession when God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. It speaks of a blessed possession that begins in time for us when in our baptism, our Father set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit into our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. It speaks of a blessed possession in which we are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. This possession that I speak of 
is a blessed possession because those possessed by the Spirit of the Lord are connected to Christ's suffering, his death, and his victorious resurrection from the dead. All the blessings that the good news of God promises us and bestows are are experienced and found in Christ. For he alone is the source of every blessing. Jesus is the heart and center of these beatitude blessings. I mean, was not Jesus himself poor in spirit so that we might become rich? Was Jesus not meek? Did Jesus not mourn when his friend Lazarus died? And did he not weep as he grieved the unbelief of the Jews? Was not Jesus hated, insulted, and persecuted, and even put to death on a cross for us? You see, through Christ, we possess every spiritual blessing. Paul says this in his letter to the Ephesians when he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus announces. The success of life and life's meaning is not measured by the abundance of one's possessions or by how many medals we might wear or the trophies that we have won, or the degrees that are behind our name. But real value rests in the fact that Jesus has possession of us, and that he has given to us the kingdom of heaven. That is why he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Today we experience that moment, even in this service, where we who are poor in spirit acknowledge to our Lord that we come here as sinners in need of his forgiveness. We do have a broken and contrite heart as we are remorseful over the ways in which we have disobeyed our Lord throughout this past week. We confess to him that, yes, we are indeed sinful just by our very nature and that even our own good deeds are tainted by our sin. And so we come to him poor in spirit seeking his forgiveness, seeking the treasures of his grace and forgiveness, the treasures that he alone can give. And so we who are broken in spirit do hear Jesus' words of forgiveness and life. And so we are blessed. We're blessed. We're even spellbound by God's forgiveness. We're even enchanted, if you will, by the prospects of eternal life in heaven. We're blessed for we know that we are possessed, possessed by the Spirit of the Lord who creates faith in our hearts and who keeps us strong in that faith. With St. Paul, we can say, yes, we are poor in spirit and yet we're rich. We may have nothing and yet we possess everything. Everything in Christ. Jesus says in verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. I was awakened by the ringing of my telephone. A nurse at Royal Victoria Hospital in Barrie, Ontario, was on the other end of the line. I was to come to the ER immediately for one of the members, member couple in the congregation needed me. I was to learn that the pregnant mom had awakened around 4 a.m. and had gone into the bathroom. And the silence of the night was shattered by her scream as she wailed for her husband's assistance. He rushed into the bathroom 
as his wife sobbed. When he arrived in the bathroom, he was stunned and he was horrified by what he saw. His wife held in her arms their perfectly formed, preborn, 20-week-old daughter. The baby had arrived prematurely. And the baby, though, was breathing. What should they do? Call 911? Yes. Baptize her? Five weeks earlier, this couple had rushed to the hospital because this mother had had some excessive bleeding. And the doctors had warned her that she might give birth prematurely to their child. And at that time, I had told the couple that should the baby be born prematurely, that they should call me immediately so that I could come and baptize their child. But if I was unable to get to them in time, they should baptize the child themselves. And now, five weeks later, this couple was faced with this scenario right there in their own bathroom. And what should they do? Well, the father took his little daughter into his arms And right there in the bathroom, he baptized her in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. An hour or so later, she died. Angel Joy, that was her name. She died. She was pronounced dead, but at the same moment that she was pronounced dead, she joined Heaven's Nursery. When I arrived at the hospital, the mother held her lifeless daughter in her arms. And we wept. We prayed. We read scripture together. And as we mourned, our Lord comforted us. We were comforted to know that Angel had been possessed, that she had been taken up into the strong eternal arms of her heavenly Father. And as we commemorated her baptism, we experienced joy knowing that even though Angel Joy had gone through the great tribulation of death itself, she was now counted among the company of saints and the angelic host before the throne of the Lamb. We had hope, knowing that her parents and siblings would be able to spend eternity getting to know their daughter and sister, and no amount of money in the world could provide them with this kind of comfort and hope. Only Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We have all mourned. We may even be mourning as I speak. But even in the midst of our mourning, Jesus comforts us. He speaks words of hope to us, even in the midst of death itself. On this All Saints Day, as we observe it, we do remember, don't we? Remember those who have died in the Lord. And we remember with sadness their lives. We remember with sadness, really, their loss in our lives. But yet at the same time, we, gr- we do not grieve as those who have no hope. For we know that in Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, there is everlasting life. And so even though we still may continue to grieve their loss, and we will probably to the day that we are taken into our own heavenly home, we still know and we find comfort and hope in knowing that they're part of the church triumphant, that they now abide in the eternal presence of Christ, and we will join them one day. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God, for he gives us the victory 
to our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says in the Beatitudes, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As a result of our blessed possession, we experience insults and we experience false accusations. The Christian church in North America is far removed from the days when Ignatius of Antioch cried, Come fire, come cross, grapplings with wild beasts, cuttings and manglings, wrenching of bones, hacking of limbs, crushing of the whole body. Let cruel torments of the devil come upon me, if only I may attain unto Jesus Christ. Yes, we may not have to experience that level of persecution. God forbid that any Christian should ever experience that, or any person for that matter. But we may experience sometimes being insulted because we believe in Jesus. We might have our opinions dismissed or ignored. We might even sometimes remain silent in amongst the group of people who are talking about something because we dare not share our Christian beliefs and values in their midst for fear that they would shut us down in one way or another. These experiences have a way of humbling us, don't they? They have a way of keeping our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. They force us onto our knees as we seek God's help and we seek his understanding as to why it is that he would allow his people to experience such things. They drive us to the scriptures in search of his word that can give us hope, that can give us strength, that can give us knowledge as we engage people in dialogue. They focus our eyes on the reality that we possess a treasure that cannot be taken away from us and that treasure is eternal life. My dear fellow possessed, whatever we may suffer for Jesus' sake, let me assure you that these sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? While on a short-term mission trip, Pastor Jack Hinton from New Bern, North Carolina, was leading a worship service at a leper colony. And there was time for one more song. And so he asked for a request. And a woman who had been facing away from the pulpit turned around. It was the most hideous face I'd ever seen, Hinton said. The woman's nose and ears were entirely gone. The disease had destroyed her lips as well. And she raised a fingerless hand in the air and she asked, Can we sing Count Your Many Blessings? And overcome with emotion, Hinton left the service. He was followed by a team member who said, Jack, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. Yes, I will, he recalled, but I'll never sing it the same way. This leprous woman was possessed. Not by the spirits of this world, not even by her own leprosy that was taking over her body, but she was possessed by the Spirit of God. And this blessed possession gave her reason to count her many blessings. 
even though her body was slowly being eaten by this horrible disease. She knew leprosy would end her life on earth, but she also knew that the blessed possession meant that the kingdom of heaven is here now for her and here now for her forever in Christ. She knew that the blessed possession means that in Christ the poor are rich, the hungry are filled, the lepers are are healed, the weeping laugh, and the persecuted leap for joy. And what was true for this woman is true for you and me and for all of the blessed possessed. We who are poor in spirit are rich in Christ's forgiveness. We who are spiritually hungry are filled by Christ through his word. We who weep will have our weeping replaced with joy in Christ, for he has promised us eternal victory over the grave. And we who are insulted for Christ's sake will hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so, yes, when I look out amongst this assembly of God's people, I see people who are possessed, possessed by our Lord Jesus Christ, possessed by the Spirit of the Lord, possessed by a blessed possession. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses